If you enjoy our episodes, please consider leaving a review. Every review helps us reach more listeners and share the role with the world. I was working with a team of people to create like principal character costumes. So the key costumes for Lara Croft, for example, on Tomb Raider, and the key costumes for Kristen Bale in that particular Bat- Batman film. Um, these are films that are going to get a, these. Sorry, these are costumes that are going to get a lot of close-ups, and you have to make like multiples of each one of those things, and they have to be completely perfect. You've worked with a few interesting people. Yep. For a few interesting movies, I hear, especially when I met, first met your husband. Yeah. So t- take me back and and share with me how your experience was when you when you did that and when you worked with such amazing people um well at the end of the day primarily you're there to do the job mm-hmm. so that's your focus and i think if you're not starstruck and you're focused on the job in hand right then you're going to get much more respect in the in the long run because you know you you you're going to be respected because you're focused on the thing you're there to do as opposed to kind of focusing on the people around you and the kind of starriness. I mean, in lots of ways it was interesting for me because when I was kind of thrust into a relatively showbiz lifestyle, I was so young that I just kind of figured that that's what life was like. (laughs) Okay. So So, how old were you when you first started working? So I, so I went to work for a big costume house in London called angels that does like big film and TV um, projects for pretty much all the all the movies that come out of this country and other countries too. And I was 19. So right. I had no real transition from being a young Devon girl mm-hmm. at college yeah. to being in this world where I was meeting fashion designers and stylists and actors and, um, you know, directors and people like that. So for me, they were just people. I was just interested to meet new people. But for me, they were just the same as the other kind of people I was meeting along the way. So I guess I didn't really struggle um, to kind of feel feel natural in that environment. I was excited. I was excited to do um, new things. But I don't think I was... If I look back now at my like 19-year-old self, I'm kind of amazed that I wasn't more (laughs) overwhelmed by it. Okay. But I think when you're young, you kind of just go with the flow, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know why you're looking in front of you, if you, even if you have an opportunity. Yeah. And <clears throat> to me, especially, I was never in that position to be able to actually see opportunities mm. when they came to me. And even nowadays, it's really hard to identify something, whether that's worth spending your time. Yeah. Because you haven't put yourself in a situation to think what could be if I would have done this, I would have followed this path and mm. opened this door. Um, but the more I do, uh, the more I speak with people, with individuals, no matter the industry, no matter what they've done, how much they have succeeded, um, I, I take a small portion from what they have gone through their own lives mm. and I try to uh, put myself in that picture and see if I could be that persona does that make sense I think so um if I could walk their their walk in the yeah. shoes that's pretty much what I mean by this yeah and sometimes even for me it's, it's, it's so difficult to to see those um 
to see those things because the way I do it is I remove myself from that moment and I visualize how would I, how could I be this person? How, how could I be where he was mm. at that stage, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of deep. So I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've lived my life at jumping through every door that opens. Right. And almost never say no to anything. Okay. Um, and for that reason, I've done loads and loads and loads of things. And they weren't all less necessarily like goals or on the agenda for life by any means. Right. But if somebody just says, do you want to do this? Or do you want to do that job? Or why don't you try this? I go, yeah, all right. <laughs> and that's, I, I don't know, the, sort of where I am now is like a culmination of like 20, more than 20 years mm. of jumping through doors <laughs> whenever they open. So I but guess I've has- never really, sorry, sorry, sorry. I've never really taken the time to like stop and think, is this where I want to go? I just go, that sounds like a good idea. Let's have a go. But yeah. well, I'm pretty sure that has allowed you to learn so much from those many opportunities that you had. Yeah. And speaking about opportunities, you have worked as a designer, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. with so many big names. Some that I, I know, Tom Ryder, um, Batman Begins. Yeah, so those two films, right. Tomb Raider and Batman Begins, were in my early kind of costume years right. and I wasn't a designer but I was okay. a maker so a costume maker so um I was working with a team of people to create like principal character costumes so the key costumes for Lara Croft for example on Tomb Raider and the key costumes for Christian Bale in that particular Bat- Batman film okay. um these are films that are going to get a, these sorry these are costumes that are going to get a lot of close-ups and you have to make like multiples of each one of those things and they have to be completely perfect. So if there's a tiny blemish on on the sleeve, for example, of one item, you have to replicate that over and over again because in stunts they get damaged. So the costumes have to be completely perfect. We have to focus particularly on like areas of the sleeves and areas of the collar because that's where you get most like right. focus in the films. Okay. So yeah, that was my kind of role was What's to the make... between a designer and a maker? So a designer's mostly working in 2D. So they're working with the director to come up with the concepts of um, how they want to frame that character for the costume. And the maker's the one that executes that. that. Yeah. But I still, there's a lot of people that we we don't give them the credentials. Mm. Um, And a lot of people, especially with with your backgrounds, who take part in amazing stories, amazing Mm. movies, amazing experiences, because that movie becomes a, a superficial reality to a lot of kids, you know. And I looked up to, you know, watch Batman Begins mm-hmm. and all those amazing things, but we never give enough to the people in backstage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I think this is this is the part, this is one of the reasons that I'm sitting here across you because I want to know all about that. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited to know the ins and outs, how did you even like come across to these and mm. how did you even have this opportunity to be able to be in that position? Because to you, it might not sound like an important thing, mm. um, you may ask, but some of the people will say, ah, this person really was at the backstage yeah. for this movie. That is incredible. Yeah, so for me... Um 
the partic- that particular door um, opened because I worked for a big costume house and I managed to get that job by being extremely enthusiastic. And that's my advice to people generally. <laughs> so at 19, I went for an interview for a job with, you know, people twice my age, with twice my experience and whatever. And for whatever reason, I got the job. And I think the main thing that I was able to contribute that other people might feel, might have had less of was sheer enthusiasm and willingness to learn. Um, and while I was working for that costume house, I made friends with lots of costume designers who were working on big projects and films as well as fashion stylists and people like that. Um, and again, enthusiasm yeah. and being really helpful and really friendly um, makes people want to work with you. So there was a designer that I really got on well with and then she asked me to come and assist her and then I became her assistant and then I went freelance and stopped working with that costume house and started working independently on films. Um, and we, the first film we did was actually... Um, it was James McAvoy's first film. So I spent like my first three months of being freelance, pretty much like dressing (laughs) James McAvoy, who's now super famous, but wasn't at that point. It was his first film and he was quite nervous and all the rest of it. So, um, we were kind of, I guess we were just sort of like learning together and it's actually quite unglamorous. The actual reality of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and getting into a, like a Winnebago, which is what we used to have as dressing rooms in, in, you know, the noughties um, and putting clothes on people and dealing with, we had, we used to have Polaroids. It was a really simple time before digital, right? So it was really important that you make sure that from one day to the next shooting of a scene, that everything is exactly the way it needs to be. So we'd Polaroid somebody before they, before and <clears throat> they'd go on set and when they come off, how is their collar? How are their jewelry? Which way is everything facing? Everything right. needs to be con- for continuity. So then you, when you come back to shooting a day later, a week later, a month later, you have to make sure that person looks exactly the way they did in the last shot because the shots are going to be pushed together and they're going to run consecutively, even though they weren't shot consecutively. Um, so that was a big part of it, actually, which is relatively mundane in reality. It's not yeah. particularly glamorous. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're in that environment. It, for me, it was so exciting just being being part of something that was going to be made into a film. Have you ever come across to a an interesting experience or maybe rather a crazy experience that mm. you never really thought of seeing or come across to this industry? Whether that is with the actors, whether that is... I'm not sure whether you had any type of <laughs> communication with any of them. Um, um, I mean, probably. I don't know. So the film, my film life was quite a long time ago. Um, I pretty much worked in fashion my whole career and the film life was quite a small part at the beginning. So I don't know if I remember too many stories. Um, The fashion industry is full of characters, for sure. There's a lot of drama. Um, That's what people like. (laughs) I know, I know. And it doesn't, literally doesn't matter how kind of high up you go in terms of success. If you're backstage at a show, it is carnage. Right. There's clothes still being sewn while they're on the model. Nothing is organized. Everybody's screeching and everything's everywhere. There's like, there's no point at which it suddenly becomes really professional backstage. It's really funny because as soon as they go out on the catwalk, everything is demure and beautiful and like super, super, super um, classy. 
But what goes on backstage is hilarious because there's right. just like there's clothes everywhere and there's models in one shoe and there's mostly people half naked everywhere and there's people running around going who's got this and who's got that and right. it's I just absolutely now carnage. imagine yeah that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so generally I mean I won't go into any like details about particular designers because it's not kind of kind or professional but yes mm-hmm. there's a lot of like drama there's a lot of hissy fit do you have a question for us make sure you check out the link down below and get a shout out in an upcoming episode yeah <laughs> that's crazy not gonna lie yeah and being part of that you must have been very intense very intense uh, yeah <laughs> to be able to move around so, so yeah. quickly um one interesting conversation i had with your husband mm-hmm. was you whether you designed or, or made um spacesuits is that correct <laughs> well So I had to go and deliver a pitch for Virgin Galactic right. of spacesuits I had designed. And this was another just jump through the door situation. So I was working in a completely unrelated job to pay the bills while I was building up my fashion label. And I just happened to talk to people because I do. And I met a lady who designed, who has a big company who designed cost, um, uniforms rather. So she's a corporate designer and they have a big company that designed. And, and then she came one day to this particular job and said, um, would you like to design some spacesuits? Because I've seen some at your menswear that you're designing and it's more in line with what they want. And what we do is more like corporate stuff for, um, I don't know, supermarket chains or whatever. Yeah. So she asked me to put some designs forward and she really liked them. And then she said, I think you're the one that needs to go to like Virgin Galactic HQ and deliver the pitch. And again, you know, why not? (laughs) So I prepared my little pack and I went off and then um, went into the big building. I think it's in Leicester Square. Um, It was a long time ago. And you go through each door has like the, the iris the the eye of mm-hmm. whoever's office it is or whatever. So you're right. walking through people's eyes as you go through the building. Okay. <laughs> and there's lots of like hanging chair, like egg chairs everywhere and stuff. Again, it was like a long time ago. It's probably a bit more modern now. Right. Um, and then there was like a long table, like a boardroom table. And then I had to stand up all by myself and deliver this pitch for the, for the spacesuits and what they wanted. Yeah. So I, I'd kind of looked at like high performance, um, motorbike cross bike kind of stuff and then kind of merged that with a bit of fashion and then some more kind of sci-fi kind of looks um to create like a performance wear outfit that would move the way you need it to and have all those kind of functions and breathability and all of that kind of stuff um but the kind of look the part because what they actually wanted it for was the training exercises so it wasn't actually it didn't actually need to perform in orbit (laughs) it needed to be there to make the people who come on the day for their training exercises who've paid this is for for space tourism basically so these are just like normal people who are super wealthy um but basically gonna come and have this experience to go out of space so in that moment they need to feel like an astronaut so yeah so it kind of do you know how much would that cost (sighs) I don't know. It's only really just happening now. Like it's right. taken so long to actually be safe. So I have no idea whether they used in the end for those training exercises, the things I designed. I know that there were samples made and things like that. Um, but yeah, as an experience, another door to jump through. Why not? <laughs> wow. Sounds really amazing. No yeah, it was good. It was good. It's It's a nice, like unusual project. I really like projects with a, um, 
like a practical outcome. Okay. So whilst I'm a fashion designer and I guess the outcome isn't really practical, I like what I design to have a purpose and a, a purpose. function. Right, okay. So... Yeah, it was a nice project. Okay, that's beautiful. <laughs> so how did you move from what you were doing at the time to where you are today? That's quite a long story. Yeah, so costume art was great and really interesting. And I, I could have continued that for my career and hopefully one day right. being one of those big Hollywood designers, who knows? Um, but actually... I found there were limitations with costume in terms of you're framing a character. So you have really specific boundaries around what you're designing. So somebody comes to you and explains the character and the character is, I don't know, a middle-aged white man who works in an office and um, has these particular hobbies and drinks this and drives that and all the rest of it, you pretty much know what he's going to look like and you need to, you need to create the visual for that. (laughs) Um, But if you just want to make something incredibly beautiful, that's not based around a character, it's something else. So I kind of always wanted to be in fashion. So I knew I wanted to transition into fashion because I had these ideas that didn't quite fit into the realm of what a director wants necessarily mm-hmm. um so i ended up going back to university studying for a degree in menswear fashion design and then um but actually worked on films the whole way through that sort of in my spare time well I took time out here and there um what did i work on i worked on a bond film i worked on peep show peep show okay. yeah did the first two seasons nice. of peep show as the assistant stylist really fun before no one knew you know no one knew oh, it was yeah. going to be this huge big amazing show and it was the same with like the film i did with james mcavoy like you don't know which thing's going to become like this epic big star wow, story yeah. kind of thing um so you just they're just normal people and you just do your job well and you get on with people and stuff like that so i didn't know that peep show was going to be this incredible cult kind of british thing um yeah, but yeah, the whole way through my degree, I continued to work on projects whenever I was asked, basically. Yeah. Um, and then I had my set up my own label a few years after leaving university in London and then joined up with a friend of mine and we worked together on a menswear label. So we kind of, we went to Paris and did Paris Fashion Week at the trade shows That's and we did yeah. London Fashion Week. We did a lovely show and things like that. And it was, yeah, ticking along nicely. Um, but the reality is it's really, really hard to make money um, in fashion generally. It still is. The margins are like really small because there's so much work involved and the expectation of what people want to pay doesn't necessarily reflect all the work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worked consistently throughout my time as being a designer, also as a creative pattern cutter. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if that is a term you've ever come across. Um, frankly speaking, my knowledge when it comes to yeah. fashion is limited. Uh-huh. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, my sister, she's uh, a fashion designer. Okay, and she owns her own brand. Mm-hmm. And we went to an exhibition in London mm-hmm. last year in July. I think it was. Um, it was mostly B two B, but it was also it was it was two or three days events. Um, but one of those days, uh, it was open to public as well. 
and other clients. And mm-hmm. and it was an interesting thing. And yeah. I've never exposed myself to such a um, opportunity, I guess. But it wasn't. Really, I wasn't really doing this for me. It was just mm. me assisting my sister. But sure. ending up doing all the the talk and all. Mm. You know the smiles and bringing in more people mm. and interacting with everybody um, since day one. Because yeah. we went there, I, I was never, we were never in that position to take uh, take part in such an exhibition, mm-hmm. especially in the UK. I have no idea how to, uh, what to do, you know, where mm. to begin and all that. But it was, generally speaking, it was it was an, an interesting uh, experience. Yeah, uh, we we got to meet interesting people. Uh, different companies and what crazy part was that my sister had a list with her ideal clientele Mm -hmm. that she would like to work with and unfortunately those people they never showed up right and we're really hoping you know we just another day just another day so last day I was meant to drive back to here and 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 she was meant to fly back to Athens because we are from, from Greece. Mm-hmm. And we went for food in that restaurant. And in the restaurant, there was only one table. There was a gentleman it was uh, and with, with someone there. So, and, and the whole restaurant was empty. So we sat down, had some, you know, some food, some drinks. And eventually, came, the, the server came to, order, came to us so we can order desserts. And this gentleman asked us, oh, you should get this dessert because it's really amazing and all that. And I saw he was wearing a really expensive watch. And I said, huh, okay, let me ask what they do. Just, you know, blending, have mm-hmm. a little bundle and just have a normal conversation like a human being. And we ended up having such amazing time, amazing conversations the lady that she was uh, sitting on the table with this gentleman, she was working with one of the biggest clients that we would like to mm. work with. <laughs> Small world. Yeah. And we end up exchanging information and inviting them to, to come to Athens and we can take them out for, for a few meals, for a few drinks, mm-hmm. show them around and everything else. They invited us to back to London so they can take us out and nice. build more, you know, mm-hmm. connections and all that. But that, I said, wow, yeah. how is this even possible? That is how it happens. You know, That's my experience as well. That is exactly how it happens. It doesn't happen. Well, my experience is it doesn't happen from writing a job application okay. ever. I don't think any of my, <laughs> any of my great opportunities have happened that way. Yeah. They've happened because you have a nice conversation with somebody, they like something about you and then you get talking and then they find out you have a skill that fits in with their skill set right. and you end up working together. That's yes. my experience exactly. Um, and I think particularly around like fashion and costume and, and TV and stuff, there's lots of people coming out of college. There's lots of people yeah. with degrees. There's lots of people with with skill to some extent, but actually working with somebody day in and day out it's more about who they are. It's more about how they think they can guide you. Um, you can grow into, you know, somebody with the level of skill that they need from you. I think it's yeah. really important. And I see that now with like, if I have people who come and work with me or when I was, cause I was a lecturer as well. Um, right. I was a lecturer in Plymouth at the um, art school in fashion design. And you can really tell quite quickly who are the students that you would employ. 
And it isn't necessarily because they're incredibly talented. It's because they've got um, a hunger to learn and um, that they learn quickly, that they pick up on the the cues that that are around them about um, how they can kind of develop skill or whatever. Um, Yeah, so I think personality... How passionate is somebody about something that they make them stand out? Yes, but... For me, I wouldn't be hiring the student, my fashion students who would walk into the room with like drama because there's a lot of those and they're lovely, but it's entertaining, but it's not really what you need. So you'd have the students who would walk in in the insane outfits and they'd have the drama and it would all be like, but it's the kind of, it's, it's the me show. And actually what you want for them when they're coming to learn with you because they're an employee, is them to do the job. <laughs> and you know that you're going to get all that drama on day one of the job as well. So you kind of go, right, you need to grow up a little bit because it isn't actually about you. It's about the job. <laughs> so it's they might be the most passionate person about fashion, yeah. right? but they're not focused on the job because they're focused on themselves. On themselves. <laughs> yeah. I see. I see. So, yeah. So it's often about things like how quick, it's how quickly they learn, whether they're, going the extra mile, whether they see things that need doing and they do them without being asked. It's those kind of qualities that I right. really see as well as being just helpful and 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 kind and nice and reliable and all of those kind of, I guess, what we think of as kind of mundane kind of yeah. skills. Those are the things. Hey, are you thinking of creating a new podcast? Make sure you check out the launch checklist ebook that I've created for you entirely for free at the description below.